1: I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri and Boon people of the Kulin Nations, the traditional custodians of the land on which I stand today. I would like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hi everyone, my name is Jane and welcome to Made You Look, a podcast where normally my friend Kurt and I make each other watch an episode of each other's favourite TV shows. This week, however, we are doing another of our clip shows. Uh, So what you're going to hear today are some snippets from older episodes of Major Look, which are actually pretty hard to find these days. So hopefully this is new material for most of you listening today. And for those who've heard it before, it's just a bit of a highlights reel of some of our favorite moments. Uh, We've got some good stuff in here today, a couple slightly more serious subject matters, um, and of course, a few things to laugh at. Uh, We're actually going to start today with a kind of common running theme of the podcast, which is Kurt's inability to remember names of things. So here's a little piece from episode 54 in which we spoke about 90s classic Charmed. So
0: then we uh, see all the sisters come together because uh, both... Uh, Phoebe and Prue have been at the club and they are joined by P uh, Piper and Leo. As bring back. Prue basically Oh sorry, Piper basically just remade the potion. Prue realized that if you reverse the polarity of the pentagram. Phoebe. Huh? Phoebe. Phoebe. I have written that. Um, So obviously, when they get back war, then that's a bad thing. But they need to get back Phoebe because they love her. So when they decide to do it all together. Prue,
1: I mean. Prue, They already have Phoebe. (laughs) They already
0: have Phoebe. Um, And so when Phoebe and Piper, I've written the right ones here. It's just hard saying the different P's.
1: Phoebe is an F sound.
0: But still a P. Still with a P. I'm looking at P. I was like okay so you guys are the four horsemen of the apocalypse which one are you oh okay oh so you're kind of this like you kind of just got little bits of information yeah. as they were just going about their daily lives exactly it seemed like they almost had more of a daily lives than the girls did actually in this yeah.
1: episode <laughs> yeah I mean was I, like kind I was of... like
0: what are your jobs again what are you doing like I could easily go back to this sheet and I did actually several times when I first started I was like I know it's Prue, Phoebe, and Piper. Don't know which one is which.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Even after watching the whole season? Even after watching
0: the whole season. Like, I, I think I could remember Piper and Leo,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: always remembering Phoebe and Prue.
1: Really? Like, I, I know their really faces are different,
0: it's just the names, I just couldn't attach the, the different names together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, people who don't know the show will often have a similar regard. Yeah, but
1: you've, you've seen the show, so yeah. I don't quite understand why. But I
0: watched it a lot very quickly
1: you understand who the characters are? You just kind of touch their names.
0: Yes. Right. I understand we have uh, the person who likes to cook and opens up her own restaurant <laughs> and is a little bit older, a bit more mature of the other two siblings. No, she's not the oldest, though. She's not the oldest. No, no, she was more of the mum.
1: She's the, like, peacekeeper. <laughs>
0: yes. And you also have Prue, who is the oldest, mm. and a little bit more of trying to get business done. Mm. But then maybe I don't have to try and be this famous art liaison person.
1: That's what she did, right? So, so. She worked for an auction house, yes. There we go.
0: And then you've got Phoebe, the young one, who likes kitty stuff and having fun and dating boys <laughs> in the first season.
1: I mean, you've y- you've got some broad strokes there. Um, we are now going to go into a slightly more serious discussion. Um, so we're actually going to head into a slightly more serious discussion now. Uh, Those of you who are newer to the podcast may not know that Kurt and I come from very different backgrounds in terms of our religious upbringing. Um, And while I was brought up with, uh, you know, although culturally Christian, as many white people are, no formal religious upbringing, whereas Kurt was a very fundamentalist Christian until he was a late teen. So I often rely on Kurt to kind of help educate me a little bit on things that come up in the TV show. So this piece is from episode 33, where we spoke about From Dusk Till Dawn, and it's kind of about how um, people who were brought up with faith see trials and tribulations as it relates to God's plan. I don't know if i should kind of wrap this up but i don't really have that much more to say i really no. enjoyed it yeah no, I'm um, i enjoy the characters it. i found the dad to be annoying but it's just my personal bias of people who are religious um i don't i'm guessing that their mother was a vampire
0: no cancer or,
1: but uh, i thought maybe she either had depression or a vampire no cancer oh that's sad.
0: and that's definitely something that makes people struggle with faith right so yeah why is that Well, (laughs) when you believe in an all powerful thing, Uh a being that, um, you know, promises healing and saving and deliverance and it doesn't immediately have effect, it's, Uh Why am I on this journey? Why is God not listening to me? Am I going through constant pain and struggle for no purpose? Am I going to see anything on the other side, facing mortality in a different light, Str- like literally challenging your beliefs and seeing how strongly you do believe it? And also the fact of you're especially married to the pastor, how that would look. Um, Having cancer? Yes. Certain, certain, certain branches of Christianity are very literal. Yeah. With the power of the Bible and, and what it can do and and, and that kind of mentality and, and where modern science actually plays a hand into it. But uh yeah, I mean like cancer is a struggle on anyone's oh, life.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of
0: course it would affect their own religious beliefs. Of
1: course. I just I just I guess I just I like to ask you to, to explain these things to me because
0: Oh, because I have a different viewpoint than you would. Well, generally.
1: just because to me it's like well, yeah, shit things has gone happen. And, like, I'm not saying that it would be, like, that that would be necessarily my viewpoint if I ever got sick like that. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't really make sense to me that you're relying on God to, like, actually affect your own life to that extent. So but that's
0: the thing, people pray for everything. Yeah. So they're praying for things all the time. And yeah. to affect their own life individually.
1: But, I mean, people in religion understand that there's, like, wars and famines yeah. and sicknesses and stuff yeah. happening all over the place, right? Yeah. Like, so I guess it, it doesn't really make that much sense to me that people would be surprised they might get cancer.
0: You're also talking to someone who left religion I know, as I, I discovered know. more about it. I know.
1: I'm just, I'm just curious about what the mindset is that's like, oh, shit, I didn't think this could happen to me because I pray.
0: It's not exactly that. It sounds bad saying it is a little bit of that. Okay. But then you've got a a number of other people who think it can be like, where's the line between God's plan Mm. and where's the line between my own, like, like, did I do something wrong or something else like that? But they don't necessarily believe in an Old Testament punishing God anymore. So when they go to that kind of vein, I'm like, what are you actually talking about? So that's not the God you believe in. So why would you believe that that's a thing? Right. Is it just a test of your faith? Is that part of God's plan? And that you are only meant to be on this earth for so long? And cancer is actually just you're going to influence and help people along that time until you die. Mm. Like anyone could die at a certain point of time. Mm. You know. Mm. Okay. It's there's an interesting. I don't want to say balance, but I'm going to interesting balance of individual choices and free will. Yeah. And God's plan.
1: Right. And is it just d- dependent on who you are? As to what you as to where you kind of lie in that balance? I think so.
0: It's not very explicit uh I think within churches because it's it's not something it's not like you can individually tell someone every single individual member of a church what is or isn't part of God's plan. We yeah, don't have it yeah. the pastor or the leader of a church is meant to be more of a not a direct line to God, but more of a... More connected to. More connected to uh, in a way that they are able to help and assist and shepherd the flock. Yeah. So they won't exactly say what is God's plan, what isn't God's plan, but try and help you... Um, ha- Come to that realization yourself. Yes, and, and stay strong in your beliefs and and just get with where it's going.
1: Okay. I prefer to be faithless. You know what? They don't I... have to have these struggles. I'm just like, okay, well, sometimes people get sick and then sometimes they die and it's pretty shit and let's do what we can to help the people that we can and then yeah. whatever we can't do, we can't do. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> There's a good faction of Christians who believe that. Right. So I'm just, I'm just trying to explain the yeah. overall umbrella and how varying it can be in certain areas of certain countries. Yeah, yeah, Namely sure. in uh, southern...
1: Yeah, in the Bible Belt. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, it doesn't make perfect sense. I understand where it's coming from. It doesn't make any sense to me personally because people can't die. Um,
0: oh, fun fact. <laughs> Did you know that atheism, Yes. Um, the word, uh, it actually originates uh, from uh, abandonment of God, missing or lacking of like not seeing God, like feeling abandoned from God, not being in, in that presence. Anymore. Sure. And that was one of the first theism words. And then other words, atheism and monotheism oh, yeah. actually developed from that, right. from people or OG actually taking atheism. Atheism was one of the first theisms.
1: Well, there you go. I'm yeah. glad to see that my lack of belief is the first belief.
0: <laughs> well, not quite that, but in terms of <laughs> word terminology, <laughs> tautologies, no, what's the,
1: no, no that's not it. Tautologies thing linguistics. <laughs>
0: linguistics. Thank you. Um, um, but no, I just like, I was like, Jane would hate to know that the thing that she defines herself as as is abandonment of God because you don't believe in God in the first place.
1: Yeah, I think that <laughs> the,
0: the meaning has taken on a different turn. Into it certainly has,
1: and i I I sometimes struggle to use the word atheism as well. Really? Well, just because I feel like that um, gives off a certain like
0: antagonistic.
1: Yeah, an antagonistic kind of like fuck you all for believing in God, which there's a part of me inside that feels that yeah there's a but most of me is like cool believe what you want but yeah. like i sincerely don't believe that
0: <laughs> yeah um whereas i'm agnostic uh and in, in terms of i don't think that i believe in some sort of mm. higher presence but i don't i can't see any religion that's narrowed it down yeah i'm yeah. open to believing in things yeah but i do not believe any particular one in
1: yeah distinct. Yeah.
0: Where you don't necessarily believe in something else or are not really open to believing in something else. Which isn't a bad thing necessarily. Yeah,
1: it's just not. It's just not the way that I'm wired. No. I just can't.
0: We're, we're very wired in different ways. And life would idiot, be really yes. boring if we were wired the same way. And this podcast would not be nearly as interesting.
1: No, we'd have to have <laughs> these conversations, which we get into far more frequently than I would have thought of. And a podcast about television.
0: Which is why I was like, just gave up that, just because I was like, maybe I could just try.
1: Just try
0: not. But I was like, damn it, no, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah.
1: And now for something that's a little less intense and personal, here are two brief sections just out of context, funny little bits. The first is from episode 19, where technically we were talking about the show Crazy Head, although this is definitely a discussion that relates more to Thor's haircut in the Marvel movies. And the second piece is a very serious, introspective piece about face licking from episode 14 where we spoke about wonderfuls
0: amy is a little preoccupied with her dead best friend to worry about their potential chemistry at the moment uh oh he is he is my cup of tea and everything in between he
1: is beautiful oh
0: tyler
1: also jake's quite cute
0: yeah but he's not my type yeah right yeah like because we've talked about our types and they're quite different.
1: Yes, and I just, feel like
0: you're more of a Just and jumping I'm more back
1: of a to Tyler. Thor for a quick second.
0: Yes. Oh, okay. A real quick second.
1: So, like, Thor usually has long hair, and yes. I'm just not really about it. But I've they,
0: always been about it.
1: They cut his hair, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my god, what a beautiful man!" But I was
0: so bored with it what because a man. that's what he looks like normally in any oh, other movie. Oh, but he's so
1: beautiful. In every interview
0: on a talk show, he looks like
1: like. He's not, not even neat and tidy because, like, he's all sweaty and his hair is all gross because he's like in the fighting pits and shit.
0: And been mangled by Stanley.
1: Yeah, but it's just it just makes him look so much better.
0: Uh, just, I don't agree. I think he looks just, more regal and more, like, no, it, exotic. It points
1: out his chiseled jaw a bit more. and like Oh, we know he's chiseled. He doesn't
0: need to show it. But it, just,
1: it highlights his face. It highlights the best parts of his face.
0: Also, I'm going to say that Jane's saying this and, and saying it directly to me about how much better he is without having long blonde hair. And I recently dyed my hair blonde, and I have really long blonde hair. And I'm like, you're talking to the wrong person about yeah, this. Yeah, but
1: that being said, you've known since... Oh forever that I hate long hair. Yeah,
0: well and that hate, I and I didn't know necessarily that you hated long hair on men. Yeah. Um but I I knew that you hated long hair on me.
1: Yeah, I've known yeah, I've hated long hair on you. <laughs> Like not not even trying to pretend it like no,
0: oh well, actually, maybe you let me get through it for like I think third year in oh, yeah. Like, th- in 2013 you I let me it get through were with university
1: it. Like, but guess? as soon
0: as we finished university, you were like, okay, Kurt, no,
1: time to be a grown up, <laughs> cut you, get you know, get a haircut, get a real job. and then also like there was a there was a time where somebody like posted a picture of you on Facebook from high school with blonde hair, and I literally responded to that on Facebook with like, Oh, what the yeah. fuck is this? And then your friend got really like upset yeah, a at me friend being from like, high
0: school on Facebook thought that Jane was being super serious and not sarcastic you were being yeah. somewhat sarcastic. Yeah, I
1: was being pretty sarcastic, but also like what the fuck is up with your hair? Yeah. But she was like, Oh my god, don't like Offend, like don't be so mean to Kurt, Kurt can he do he whatever he's sad. like i'm like Kurt can take it like maybe he was a l- soft little boy when you knew him but now he's a bit stronger than that and he can deal with a bit of criticism i think
0: that's actually the first person that i came out to as gay so i can imagine she She's might be a bit protective. defensive yeah we like, haven't talked in years and actually i only like talked to her recently when i say recently i mean in 2013 because i accidentally dialed her instead of a different person under the same name who was in our year, actually. Right. And uh, my gosh, let me get through this context.
1: Sorry, <laughs> but hair. hair, short, cute.
0: And I completely disagree. I like long hair, a man. And I decided I'm not waiting around to meet a beautiful long haired Thor. I'm going to just be long haired myself. And I've gone blonde recently and I like it. Sorry, Jane, it's going to stick around for a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> Deal with it. I like it. Okay, anyway these things just start falling into place like there's some sort of magic love god happening out there in the world. His ex-wife comes in, obviously still this emergency contact, and sees a sister with ink on her face from pulling out the pen lid with her mouth and does a little moment with her rubbing it off with her saliva and her thumb. Very sexual.
1: Very sexual. A little bit gross.
0: Very. Oh no. It's saliva. Yeah, but if you go... What
1: if I just did that to you? Well, it's
0: gross because you're a girl. <laughs> Wouldn't be gross if you are a guy who I was attracted to. I do
1: not want somebody to lick my face. I've had
0: it done to me and it's quite nice. It's very cute, Ew. and I don't mean in a sexual connotation. I mean in like you're cooking food together or you're at a restaurant. Someone goes, "It's very sweet." I think and it's sweet, and and sweet to, to take it off
1: your face, but I wouldn't want someone to lick their thumb and then put it on.
0: It makes it so much more sexual if you lick the thumb.
1: Gross.
0: Yeah. But, well, like, if you're going to be kissing later, you are got to be swapping saliva, Jane. Yeah, you've I'm got not get planning on, board. on them licking
1: my face, am I?
0: Oh, I am. I don't know what you're doing in terms of kissing.
1: Not generally <laughs> licking each other's chins and shit.
0: All right. Um, let's stop talking about our kissing techniques and continue on with the end of the episode, which is so close.
1: Was that too much information? I know it definitely was for me when we first heard it, so, you know, I feel obliged to make sure that we all share in the pain of imagining Exactly how Kurt makes out with his boys. Anyway, the next section is perhaps the angriest I've ever gotten on the podcast. I mean, there are definitely various things in contention for that title, but this one's high up there. It's from episode 21 when we spoke about Commander-in-Chief, which was one of Kurt's episodes. Should talk about some things that I liked and things that I didn't like. Yeah, go for it. So, uh, Rod is the worst. Am I correct in thinking that?
0: I'm not going to say Rod is the worst, but he's my least favourite character in the show.
1: Okay, I need a bit of context on him. Okay. So, he was in politics? Yes doing
0: he was her chief of staff when right. she was vp
1: okay cool they and... they said
0: they, they met you know in yeah. law school and, yeah, and yeah, did yeah, a lot yeah, of politics yeah. fighting together
1: right chief of staff got it okay and then jim gardner's job yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm with you so then she became the president mm-hmm. and he became the, the first, first person okay why is he called the first person
0: they they didn't call him the first gentleman they called him first person
1: why the fuck not
0: i don't know i it's been a while since i saw that episode i think it should have been first gentleman and and i thought it was first gentleman and i started looking into it and they're like oh this is the first time we've had a first person mm-hmm. and i guess the reasoning behind that was oh there will be other genders now so maybe we shouldn't just call them first lady mm-hmm. we should just have a blanket term for future
1: mm-hmm. and he wasn't happy giving up his career, no, and being the first person,
0: uh, so the previous first lady mm-hmm. was uh, Max said that she could and her son, because uh, he had a kid, mm-hmm. um, could stay living in the White House because mm-hmm. it was very sudden, he died, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, things happened, and so she was guiding him through duties as, as she had been as a first lady, mm-hmm. he did not enjoy that kind of thing because the activities were nothing of the speed of what he used to do in terms of politics. I can, I can understand that, but there's different politics that a first lady does and can represent. Mm-hmm. So no, no, I, 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 Jane's getting higher and higher with her. Mm-hmms. And uh, yeah, no, it, it frustrated me the entire time. Like maybe just because when Kurt was watching this, he would have loved to have been a first lady, but uh, yeah, I do not enjoy Rod as a character.
1: It makes me. It makes my blood boil.
0: Really, that much?
1: Yes, because you know who else had a really excellent budding political career and had to give it all up because her husband became president. Miss Clinton. Miss Hillary Clinton. Miss
0: mm-hmm.
1: Hillary Clinton could have been the first president of the United States. Should have fucking twenty years ago mm. if she hadn't had to put everything aside for her husband's for her husband because. The first lady has duties and the first lady has to do those duties and that's a thing. You know who else is incredibly powerful and had an amazing law career before her husband became the president? Fucking Michelle Obama.
0: Oh, yeah. You know who
1: else had to give up everything? Her. She's amazing. She had to give up eight years of her life, of her career, of everything because her husband became the president and she had to fulfill duties as the first lady. Don't fucking tell me that that man doesn't have to give up his career just because his wife became the president. That is the job of the person who is married to the president. I agree. Or if it's not, fine, but make that a rule. Make it a rule so that they don't have to give up their thing. Don't just fucking say at the end of the episode well, you did a good job, so I'll keep you on and I'll give you a job title because you're not happy stooping to the level of women's duties. That's what he's saying. Women's duties are women's duties and I'm not happy with that, so I'm going to fucking go be the commissioner of baseball and leave my family behind. My family who could probably use me because guess what? My wife is the president and they need two parents in this household to keep it running so that, you know what? The son could have gone to the fucking father and gotten his... Signature on his essay instead of going to his mother, who I repeat is the fucking president. This is horrific, and I can't believe it's on our television. And I can't believe they didn't make a problem out of it. This would have been great if they'd made an issue of it. If they'd made a point to say, "Get the fuck over yourself, do what every other woman has ever done in the history of the presidency, and give up everything for your wife." Ah, this is my biggest problem with the episode.
0: They do make that argument in an earlier episode, but unfortunately it doesn't pan out the way you want it to.
1: That's I don't care if they made the argument. It didn't win. How progressive would it have been to see a man doing first lady's duties? I agree. I agree. What? This show had the potential to do so much. This is why I say it's not because there's a woman in in a position of power. It's because they don't do enough with it. They didn't do enough with it in this episode. No, I think they could. There was a lot more to that argument. It went on for like a solid hour, but there you go. There's the highlights. If you ever wanted to hear me rant or rather yell about feminism and American politics, fictionalised American politics, there you go. You've got your fix. Anyway, we're going to wrap this one up with a slightly longer piece. Uh, This is taken from our episode on The Good Place, which was episode 39. And it's a pretty long, extensive discussion uh, kind of about our own opinions on the trolley problem or different variations on the trolley problem. And a lot of it is kind of framed through... Uh, having recently seen Infinity War, which had just come out when we spoke about this. So um, I'm going to talk a lot about that movie and how that movie treats moral dilemmas or rather doesn't treat their moral dilemmas whatever. Anyway, uh, have a listen to that. And we're always keen to hear your opinions uh, on how you would treat moral dilemmas if you were faced with them. So... This would be a great one to kind of head on over to our inbox and drop us a line. Tell us how we've completely misinterpreted some of the problems or misinterpreted the movie or, you know, how we're clearly wrong and we don't have any kind of philosophical basis behind this because we really don't. Uh,
0: I love the trolley problem.
1: Yeah, you really do.
0: (laughs) I really do. Uh, Can I give you some fun facts about the trolley problem? Go for it. Great. Okay, so... The trolley problem was first introduced by Philippa Foot mm-hmm. in 1967, uh, but then it was uh, in- extensively analysed by a number of other philosophers and things like that. Has been taken on in a number of different places, and I apparently there is an original structure. Would you like for me to read it out? Go time? for it. Okay, let's, so let's it's not the trolley it. problem, and I would—I haven't fully—I just skimmed it, but yeah. I'd be curious to see what our own choices would be. Suppose that a judge or magistrate is faced with rioters demanding that a culprit be found for a certain crime and threatening otherwise to take their own bloody revenge on a particular section of the community. The real culprit being unknown, the judge sees himself as able to prevent the bloodshed only by framing some innocent person and having him executed. Beside this example placed another in which a pilot whose airplane is about to crash is deciding whether to steer from a more to a less inhabited area. To make parallels close as possible, it may rather be supposed that he is a driver of a runaway tram, which he can only steer from one narrow track to another, mm. which it leads to the trolley problem. Mm. So, if you were a judge or magistrate, would you frame someone Such to save part of a community? Interesting it's it's problem. a bit more complex.
1: Yeah, I like that way more. It's
0: way more interesting than the simple trolley problem. But I well, we'll talk about the trolley problem in a little bit moment. But if you were a judge or magistrate, Jane, would you frame someone to save? From a rider's bloody revenge on a section of the community, I didn't even just think about this. I'm like, yes,
1: yeah. I'm pretty totally. sure. I'm just trying to think about any reason why I wouldn't.
0: I we're very quick to the point here.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm just about to make a little um, reference to Infinity War.
0: <laughs> okay, because so that's something that has happened given the amount of time for us. To yes, we have. To we we, d-
1: we saw the Infinity War the other day, and. I'm gonna. I'll put the time code in the sh- episode notes. Yes, please. Um, I don't know what the time code is because this is uh, on bars, which I really it. don't want it I to be. I can listen
0: to it in a number of different ways. Um, Jane's exploring the interface.
1: I don't know what that means. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> put we'll, the code we'll put the time code in. So spoilers for Infinity War, but basically that was a whole movie of people refusing to sacrifice one person for the greater good.
0: Yes, it was, and it wasn't until I read uh, another review on it uh in a number of different ways so who who was it so there were
1: four fucking times five yeah, but, actually five if you want to count the time that um star lord decided to start beating up thanos oh yeah in
0: order to well that i don't count that one i do that's uh because of Gamora's death
1: mm. yeah because he no, was it's... like he found out that Gamora was dead and he started beating up on thanos yeah, yeah. and that they were just about to fucking get the glove off mm. so, so much, yeah they, they did it four times it was oh god i counted this all out to fiona the other day now i can't remember
0: okay so who was first
1: um, we could go backwards. Uh, so the first one, w- no, no. First one was uh, Loki for Thor. He gave over the Tesseract rather than kill Thor.
0: Rather than kill. Oh, yeah, 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 yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But next- he wasn't really going to
0: get out of the situation. Doesn't matter. I'm not sure if I count that one.
1: I totally count that All one. All right, continue. He didn't have to give him the Tesseract. He did- oh, The Tesseract yeah, wasn't there. True.
0: But what was he going to do, run? How could he escape them?
1: Doesn't matter. <laughs> It, it, the, the point okay. is that they both should have died rather than give over the Tesseract. Sure, sure. Uh, next was... Uh, fuck, I can't remember. Um,
0: was it Captain America talking about Vision?
1: Uh,
0: yes. No?
1: Uh, I don't actually know that I was counting that one.
0: Captain, He actually says it. He physically says yeah, it. Yeah, he yeah, says, yeah. He says, you know, we don't, we trade, don't lives. trade lives. Yeah, yeah. But I'm so talking about the actual, person.
1: like, standing there doing... The other, Another one was obviously Doctor Strange... Um, at the end, which I think is purposeful. I think he did that on purpose. But still, at the um, end. when he gave over the time stone toward the end, oh yeah,
0: he didn't give it over.
1: Yes, he did. Did he actually give? Yes, because oh, he, he gave them a fake, and then he pulled the real one from the air. Yeah, why did he do that? Uh, I think he, I think that he he's, knows. He knows. He did he say that the he's the playing wrong. the long game, he so he probably did that one on purpose. Um, but the other one was. Uh, Nebula and Gamora. Gamora took took him to the Soul Stone rather than kill Nebula. That one annoyed me. Yeah. I mean, all of these annoyed me. And whatever the other one was.
0: Do you count Chris Pratt?
1: No, it it was another one.
0: It was, what, later in Wakanda? Why do not we just hand over Vision?
1: No. What's the other stone? Oh. Anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It happened four times plus Chris Pratt not wanting him beating out thanos so five times total that they all literally were like oh this one person's being tortured and might get killed Mm, yeah but i'm not gonna let them instead i'm gonna give this fucking insane person a stone that is going to contribute to him being able to destroy 50 percent of the entire universe they
0: got there eventually
1: what what do you mean
0: when scarlet witch destroyed vision
1: yeah one person (laughs) one person and and it didn't, happen, didn't matter in the end anyway because he already had the time stone because Dr. Strange already fucking gave it to him. Mm. So, anyway, my whole point is I would absolutely sacrifice one person. What the <laughs> fuck was wrong with all of them? I think. Absolutely.
0: I think they've only been, they've maybe potentially been in a false state of security in terms of how many people have not died. In the MCU, and like, what do you think MCU is like hearing out the fans in terms of, like, you're not actually killing people properly? There's no stakes, There's bloody stakes in this movie.
1: I mean, not really, because we know that they're all going to come back.
0: Well, we don't know all of them are going to come back. Well, we, well okay, we, I know some of who are going to come back. So we all the
1: people all of them who are gonna disintegrated are going to come back. Yeah, I think that's pretty. Because we're going to get a Spider-Man
0: Homecoming sequel, we're going to uh-huh. get a Black, Black Panther sequel, sequel. we're going to get a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh-huh. and At the moment, like, is there a single Guardian alive?
1: Uh, I can't remember if Star Lord made it through.
0: I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. it was just Tony Stark at the end on Titan, wasn't it?
1: And Nebula. I think She's was... still alive, right? Yeah, Nebula yeah, made it. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Fucking love Nebula.
0: I'm so excited, actually, for the for the characters who are at the be- who are left. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm quite interested. Nah,
1: quite I wish interested. that they'd killed all the old guard and left all the new inexperienced Avengers left holding the But torch. there's
0: still some of them there.
1: The new ones? Yeah. Yeah, but the point is they've left... the The, the, the originals. The originals, yeah. like you know, Steve and Tony and Tasha and
0: I'm okay about Bruce? that because Bruce Banner.
1: Yeah, they're all still, yeah, I am trying to remember if he was still there or not. Uh, oh, yeah. And he was because he was standing there with the Hulkbuster suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I just, I'm a bit annoyed. It would have been, I feel, a way more interesting um, the, like, thing the, like, more to like come like back in and kids have. kids
0: without the parents.
1: Yeah, of. yeah, and how, how this young generation deal with the problems differently to how their fucking parents dealt with them, who they kept fucking it up Mm, mm. you know Mm -hmm. i bet you spider-man wouldn't build a fucking robot that destroys the world destroys the world tries to destroy the world anyway that would have been a a more interesting concept to me but
0: i I get what you're saying but i also see that as uh i don't know cliche no a little no like all the you know what's
1: cliche Watching fucking Steve and Tony do shit all over again.
0: No, I'm but done. What I know... Destroy the
1: old guard. You
0: know, you know, you know that, like, both Tony Stark and Chris Evans have limited time and their contracts are up with the next movie. Yeah,
1: so fucking kill him
0: And so that next movie will be their last movie, potentially. Yeah, well, will so, it? So, I don't think Tony Stark will ever... Like I think Robert Downey Jr. is just going to be a cameo every once in a while. He's too much of an integral character. I think maybe the next Spider-Man movie doesn't need him.
1: If they kill him,
0: (laughs) I for some reason don't think Tony Stark is going to die.
1: I I don't think they will either, but I'd love them to.
0: He is actually quite fantastic, though. As like that first Iron Man movie is a pretty good movie. Yeah,
1: but we've had a lot of fucking movies since then, and I'm (laughs) over him. He just no. Why are there never any consequences for his fucking actions? There was.
0: After Sokovia, Civil War, the whole contracts, the Concords.
1: Accords. The,
0: damn it. The Accords, the
1: Sokovia Accords. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, but that wasn't a consequence against him. Yeah, it should have been. Why why isn't he in jail? (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't he in jail? He literally created a a...
0: I'm sorry, but Jane, you have a problem with a multi-billionaire superhero who's not in jail for his misguided actions when currently the leader of-
1: uh, um... Don't even get me started. Do not. It's not really unrealistic, is it? (sighs) I mean, I feel like if Donald Trump had built a a robot that literally killed thousands of people-
0: Was it only hundreds in the end?
1: Oh look! According to the fucking yeah, kill and, count, yeah, the amount of the amount it was of, like 500 people. I was like bullshit. So way more people they died in Sokovia to than that.
0: Everyone first, but yes, way
1: more people died in Sokovia than that. Fuck you guys. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, uh, we got off topic. We got off topic, but before we... no, because you would rather die than give him the stone. So you need to be willing to do the same thing to go to Nebula. Mm. You need to be willing to let her die.
0: But again. It's an interesting situation, like the trolley problem. Mm. That's why I brought it up. Thank you. (laughs) Nice, nice segue, Jane. I just literally titled it a segue. Uh, it's it's very much like you know if we're in that position and say if we tweak the judge and magistrate scenario, mm. what if uh, the person you would have to frame would be me or I would oh in a heartbeat? You. Yeah, no, actually, I'm
1: fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I, more people. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm obviously not in that situation, but I see no reason why that would actually change things. Mm.
0: The, if you know the person,
1: yeah, yeah, I it I mean, there's no difference. Mm. Why? Why is that? From a purely moral standpoint.
0: Oh, from a purely moral standpoint, completely. It's just, I guess, emotions are involved.
1: Yeah, but if I'm in that situation and it's like, I would rather be the one that's heartbroken than then, everybody yeah, else. Yeah, agreed,
0: completely. And because that devastation to other people on a larger scale.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's selfish. At the end of the day, I believes that the worst thing about somebody dying is not the fact that they're dying it's the fact that everybody around them misses them mm-hmm. and so if i'm the only one that has to miss them then sure you can die i mean nothing's <laughs> bad's gonna happen to you once oh, you're dead
0: thanks jane you're the only one who'll miss me
1: <laughs> no i mean in this situation
0: <laughs> yeah i get what you're saying no completely
1: but like it's better that you know the the 25 people in your life will miss you there's probably more it's just the brain of that uh, no, of that's head. probably accurate
0: at the moment.
1: <laughs> um the 25 people that would miss you is better than the Thousands, thousands of that people that will miss by that whole community. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, and also a downtrodden you, but community yeah, you're dead. shouldn't be,
0: um, you know, targeted for something that someone else has done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The bigger problem is that you're going to have conspiracy nuts who will go like, the person was a scapegoat. He was framed. He was framed, and I'd be like, "No, he wasn't." Shut up, Jesus!
0: <laughs> We've watched enough murder shows to probably frame someone successfully. Do you reckon?
1: The even bigger problem. I mean, yes, absolutely. I've <laughs> talked about it with Fiona about how we would, um,
0: like, not so much how, frame another no, person, no, 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 but how help, we would hide help someone to get away with murder. Yeah, in a yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I woke up, Jane. I had a really crazy night, and this guy's dead.
1: Oh, that wasn't the situation <laughs> that we thought we'd be in. We thought it would be more of a like hey, come get me, I just killed some, like, you know, blood pooling, like, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But I think the bigger problem in that magistrate situation, the judge situation, is that there's actually still a criminal out there.
0: That is an interesting aspect of it, isn't it?
1: That there's that this, even if you frame your person, there's nothing preventing them from recommitting the crime.
0: And you're allowing them to do that.
1: Exactly. And so
0: it's very similar, I guess, in terms of a doctor. So someone who would have taken an oath, like Chitty states in the episode, Mm. I will not harm lives, so I can't do that. Mm. Okay, then tell their families, Mm. which is exactly the point you raised in terms of heartache and how many people it would actually affect and seeing that result, as opposed to just seeing, oh, no, I like this person, I wouldn't kill Eleanor, why would I do that? Yeah. but. I really enjoy the. I just. Oh, I'm getting off topic, but I just love Chidi. Oh yeah. I I and, but and and I like that this was one of the episodes that got to, kind of feel like one class. does that make sense? Even though it wasn't always necessarily Chidi teaching the class, it was almost like Michael trying to teach the class, or you know, you mean
1: like it was one lesson kind of wrapped, yeah, up and, and, and in an yeah, yeah, episode? yeah, because
0: um uh we've talked about this before in the previous recorded podcast. But I really love the way that it has ethics in a show that's lighthearted and fun comedy. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so
0: ethics isn't something that's normally addressed in television shows on a uh, more than a surface level. It's very surface. It's on the show. Uh, yeah, it, but then I it's mean, more like it's more like a, every uh, like a stellar episode here or there will actually maybe ask a bigger question and 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 raise I feel more feel like of in shows,
1: I mean. Obviously not comedy. Are you talking about comedies? It's like more comedies. TV shows in general. Because I feel like a show such as Battlestar Galactica or The 100 used to do this a lot. They used oh, to have yeah, a whole lot yeah, of moral quandaries yeah. where you had to figure out, you know, who would you kill, who would you not kill, do we lie, do we cheat, do we steal, what do we do for our survival compared to other people's survival, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm, matters. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that used to, you know, and, and they're just two examples I'm pulling off the top of my head. Um, I'm sure there are many that actually deal with that on a regular basis. I think shows that are more concerned with war tend to be more concerned with yeah, ethics.
0: Yeah, like I get a lot in political shows.
1: Yeah. So designated I
0: I I survivor, which I'm watching at the moment. Um, or in the show that you didn't quite enjoy, Commander in Chief. You know, they Fuck are, that joke. <laughs> uh, <there laughs> just <are>. saying <laughs> Thanks for just, you know, really twisting that knife. Um geez.
1: I can never resist one final dig at Commander-in-Chief. Anyway, that's it for today. Thank you very much for tuning in to our second clip show. Uh, tell us over on social media, on Instagram at MajorLookPod or via email, jacarandamedia at outlook.com. And let us know whether or not you enjoyed this clip show, uh, if it's something that you thought was pretty good and it was a good chance to hear just kind of a highlights reel, then we can do some more of these in between seasons or whenever we need to catch up to ourselves. Or if you hated it and you're like, absolutely not, just give us full episodes, thanks, then let us know that too. Uh, We really do thrive off of your feedback. Speaking of feedback, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, subscribe there or on any of your podcatchers. It's really helpful, helps other people to find the show um and if you don't want to do any of that then just continue to tune in we'll be back next week with season eight uh the first episode of that season and we're going to be speaking exclusively about kids shows so it's going to be all nostalgia all the time which I think sometimes makes for the best episodes as long as the person in question can take off their rose-colored glasses for half a second I can see we're both going to struggle with that In the meantime, have a great week and we will speak to you next time. Bye-bye. The first is from episode 19 where we – so from episode – so, from episode fifty-four of the podcast, which was all about charmed, here is an episode about pain mm-hmm. And so, this piece comes from episode thirty-three, where we talk, where we spoke about from dusk till dawn, and is kind of about how people with faith view the trials and trial. Tri- 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 mm-hmm. Speaking of feedback, you can head over to uh, Apple.